This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shouldn't you be at work? Badger. Oh, yes. In right in there. Houghton also making his presence felt. There's his shot. It's a goal for Allen. And Ray Houghton has made it wonder. It's a great run by Michael Owen. And he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh he has to. No. Hello and welcome to another World Cup special episode of Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I'm World Cup's Chris Skull, joining me, World Cup's Josh Whitaker. Hello. And the World Cup's Michael Mild. Hello. What a World Cup it's been. What a World Cup it's been. Not talking about it. <laughs> Not interested. So, what we are doing is we are creating our dream World Cup, from theme tunes to our dream team to our favourite advert to our favourite song, etc, etc. We're picking a different one each episode. And today, Michael, what are we picking? Today, so we've already selected our goalkeepers, and today we are going to be picking our midfield. So that's central midfielders and wingers. One each from us. Before that, would you like some correspondence? Yes. yes. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Okay, Howard Rakloski. Good name. Okay, this is brilliant. Just a quick email after your talk about the great Steve Bull. When Bully was interviewed by Barney Rono of The Guardian, he was asked, this would have been for the small talk feature, kind of quirky questions. This would have been before Rone bestrode The Guardian as the, the um, colossus that he is today. Uh, he was asked a few varying things. For instance, what would win in a fight between a ladybird and a moth? Bull went, a moth because of the size advantage. Uh, he was also... <laughs> some serious questions, asked his thoughts on transsexuals in high-ranking positions in the Church of England. It's a no from Steve. (laughs) (laughs) But also, he was asked if he was hosting his dream dinner party, who would he invite? C replies, if he was alive, Muhammad Ali and maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is a perfectly fine answer. Till you realised he was asked this question in February 2010. Six years before Muhammad Ali's death. 
just enjoyed the image of Steve Ball loving Ali enough to have him as a sporting hero, but not enough to know whether he was alive or not. <laughs> but he's written him off. <laughs> and that's one of my favourite emails of all time. I like to imagine that uh, at some point in those six years, Steve Ball was in the same room as Muhammad Ali because he was convinced he was dead. He was like, that guy looks like Muhammad Ali. No, can't be. He's already gone. <laughs> I like that Ian Wright clip with his teacher. Oh, Ali! I thought you were, thought you were dead! <laughs> Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Okay, that is enough correspondence for one episode. So what we are going to do today, we are going to choose the midfielders, stroke wide midfielders or wingers, depending on what you want to call them, for our classic team. We're playing 4-4-2 because it's the 90s. We're not idiots. Remember, these aren't the best players. We don't want Zidane, etc., etc. These are our favourite cult figures for whatever reason. So we're going to pitch you three wingers. You vote. Two will be chosen for our team. Chris, would you like to start us off with your winger choice? Okay. I think the be- one of the best things about a World Cup is the characters that come through and the moments that just make you think, what happened there? I would bring to you Nigeria's Finidi George. Scores yeah. against Greece. Great goal. Put- I think they put some 2 0 up. Goes over to the corner flag, gets down on all fours, crawls like a dog, oh, yeah. lifts his leg up, and pretends about to urinate on the corner flag. I don't even remember that. Celebration remember, yeah. of the tournament. <laughs> celebration of the tournament. Arguably thinking... the best celebration of any World Cup. That and is I, I... amazing. I've totally forgotten that. Do you and not I... remember that, Michael? No, I don't remember that at all. And, uh, do, do you want to watch it? I'm going to say it. That has got to be the most niche reason to choose someone. Not even, like, yeah. just a one-off celebration moment. So, listener, you can find this on YouTube yourself by typing in Finidi George Dog Celebration. <laughs> do we know why he did it? I do. Should we watch okay, it? Okay, yeah. Uh... Amoniki has got terrific pace. Still Amoniki now. Here's George. Oh! That's a terrific goal by Finidi George. A really clever piece of thinking. Deep into injury time. Oh, lovely. Great finish as well. Look at that hard nose goal. Off Benini George goes. All fours. (laughs) (laughs) Astonishing. That's that's such a minor moment for that to have logged in your mind. He wasn't even at the corner. (laughs) That was that stage with you. (laughs) I remember it, but I I don't know. So why did he do it? That's one of the things from Do I Remember This Right? Because I remember hearing at the time, I can't remember how, he was making a protest about the quality of the training um, facilities oh. that Nigeria had and that there was like being there was dogs like being dog. on the, oh, right. the pitch and stuff like that so wow. when he scored he was like my celebration will be I'm going to crawl on fours and lift my leg up and do, the dog, do the dog win this is World Cup 94 yeah against Greece uh, yeah Greece 2-0 USA 94. amazing and we will come to this with central midfielders that that wasn't the most memorable celebration against Greece in World Cup 94 but well. we will come to that so my winger this is someone who's been defined by one thing. The Mexican winger, Blanco, from France 98. Are you yeah. aware of why I've chosen Blanco? No, I'm not, no. Are you not? No. The Cruyff turn. Yeah? No. You remember yeah. that? What, I'm, I'm aware of it. The Fosbury flop. <laughs> yeah? People who've come up with their own moves. France 98, Blanco. Oh, yes. Uh, out of nowhere, on the wing... 
put the ball between his legs and jumped between two defenders. <gasps> yes! Do you remember yes, that? Of course. The Blanco! The Blanco! It was a sort of insane playground move. Yeah, it was a total do. playground move. The, yeah. the, I'm sure... Well, I don't know. Maybe there isn't a rule, but it's the kind of thing you think there'd be a rule that said you can't just trap the ball between your feet. Yeah. And also, yeah. it's so clumsy. It's not like an elegant move. No. It's like a juddering kind of like when you pick up a box and it's too heavy and you drop it back down kind of thing. <laughs> Shall we watch it? Yeah. La pelota. Si los coreanos son guerreros, ganan la Cuauhtemiña otra vez. Bien, Cuauhtemiña. Ahí la Cuauhtemiña entre dos. Oh. That's the one. I mean, it is actually surprisingly effective there because he, he's able to position his body then in front of the defenders yeah. when he goes past them. So, But it's quite unique in that he almost always needs two defenders for that to be effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and also, they must know it's coming. It's called, by the way, uh, Kutamina. Kutamina. Right. He's become like so many Central and South American footballers. He's become a politician. Has oh, he? So really? many of them go into yeah. politics. But I just think for that alone, you know, you get surprises in the World Cup. But that, for me, also the surprises in World Cups become less and less as time goes on. For someone in France 98, which yeah. feels, even compared to World Cup 90, quite a different day, world. Yeah. For someone to come up with their own move just absolutely blew my mind. So yeah. he's my favourite winger from the I wonder World if Cup. there are, are there any moves left to be created? Like, could someone do something in this Well, World could Cup? you do that with a flip? Like, so could you put it between your legs? And do like a sort of forward roll? Yeah. It's quite intricate. But I remember, you know, in the Victorian age, someone famously said, everything that's ever going to be invented has been invented. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So, I mean, people might look back on this in years to come when they're doing back scorpion kicks into the goal from 50 yards well do you know what I've always thought would be a good move but I don't know if you'd be allowed you know in a line out in rugby where they lift the guy up yeah like could you do that with your own player from a corner <laughs> <laughs> lift them up so you, they'd run in you'd lift you know when they lift the yeah, player yeah, up yeah. so you'd be like oh, three no, feet I love that so much but how's that breaking the law because you're not whole, you're not yeah. doing anything to an opposition player I guarantee if that happened even if it was legal it would immediately be out can you imagine that outbreak how exciting like, that would be if final, they were... in the World Cup final if Fernandinho lifts Neymar onto his shoulders for a corner and he just scores the winning scores goal, the winning goal. <laughs> What was that Ashes series? Oh, oh. The, the body. Sorry, yeah, the body line. The body line. It would be like that, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be an international oh, I tell scandal. You, what, you could have. You could just put someone from your team on your shoulders. And so each team would be like that. And it'd be like four lads fighting in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one, obviously, um, is the Zaire guy in 1974 yeah. who yeah. ran out and kicked the ball from yeah. the, from the, the whistle. when the referee blows his whistle he's in the ward he thinks that when well the, no the I heard so there's a radio doc there's a podcast documentary on this there's a, it's an American podcast series and there's one on that incident and basically what happened is that was a third game and Zaire's players had been promised loads the president of Zaire was like a classic 70s African dictator, dictator right. who'd put all this stuff behind the team they're the first African team in the World Cup but then when they got there they didn't get their bonuses they were treated like shit they right. were under threat and that was like 10 minutes from the end of their third and final game and I think he just lost he was just like I'm going to humiliate Zaire this is my protest so it wasn't like he was he, oh, didn't, understand. he didn't understand the rules no because these are proper good footballers I mean they, they oh that takes the glamour away from it because I like, kind of yeah. thought they didn't know how to play no football. but of course not that's not the case <laughs> well, like, I, 
when I was a kid, it would have been in the sort of late 80s. Do you ever remember um, with Smith's Crisps, you could save up for tokens off the back of Smith's yeah, Crisps yeah. and you'd send off and they sent you a, a VHS and it was Brian Robson narrating all of like the classic World Cup moments. Mm. And on there was that that yeah. video, and it was the first time you ever sort of saw these kind of old World yeah. Cup clips. But I loved the fact that it's like these people have got to a World Cup, and they don't understand like but the basic yeah, rules. Yeah. This, is, this is crazy. It's just like, a, and I'm not accusing, but it's like this kind of colonialist racist view yeah. that <laughs> this African man must not understand. Yeah. It's like it was so offensive. <laughs> that, he's used that, his soup spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Brian Robson World Cup video. Did he do the first two thirds of it and then he was injured for the rest of it? Like with every other World Cup he's been to. Um, when you were talking about special moves that, you know, putting people on shoulders for corners and stuff like that. Have you ever, pl- I played in this game when I was a kid. It was it was kids versus dads. It might have been like the end of a sports day. Yeah. And all the dads are huddled into a circle really tightly and put oh, the ball yeah. amongst them and walked from one end of the pitch yeah. to the other oh, into wow. the goal. This must be a common thing. I mean, yeah. I mean that's the move that surely that that that, what would happen? Well, it's obstruction. Yeah, could, could, could you do it? Could you put it on? If you're all in a circle, just with the ball yeah. between your feet. Like a scrum. <laughs> like a scrum. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dad scored, you couldn't get near it. <laughs> Michael, who's yours? See, my criteria for my winger was uh, I wanted someone who had played in all three oh, World, lovely, World yeah. Cups of the 90s. Lovely. And I have gone for... Uh, Colombian winger slash playmaker Freddie Rincon. I don't know much about yeah. Freddie Rincon. Well, he's a two two main reasons. Well, Italia '90 was my first World Cup. Yeah. It was my first memory of the World Cup, and uh, he scored. I would say the first goal in my lifetime that I got really excited about as a kid yeah. because it was the first time I realised there was a real sense of jeopardy. Like there was a lot at stake here, and it was in the final group game against Germany, and Colombia were one nil down. And they had to get a point to qualify for the knockout mm. stages. And he scored. He nutmegged the goalkeeper. Uh, Valderrama played three ball in the 93rd minute. And I remember the Colombian players and the managers and everyone going so crazy. Like, they just lost their mind. And as a 10-year-old watching that, it, was, yeah. it felt like the, the entire country. Yeah. Like, there's so much was at stake. And that was, I would say, the tipping point for me. Like, obviously, with England going out in the yeah. seven But watching that World Cup, that was the point where I was like football is amazing like, it means like so much it's incredible So now we're on to midfield. Central midfielders, yeah. So we should say okay. we'll, we're picking. So we've all picked oh, one each there. You vote the, for one, but we'll put our favourite two. The into voting the, process, yeah. Top it's, two. It's three into two. Um, yeah. So I've gone back to Bulgaria. I've gone back to '94 and uh, Jordan Lechkov yes. from midfield, which is weird because I 
I didn't realise until quite late on that he was a midfielder. I assume because I felt he scored yeah, yeah, more yeah. goals. He only scored two in that World Cup, but I yeah, felt really? like he scored more than that. Yeah. But nothing sums up like a good World Cup run. Like that surprise team and a surprise yes. guy, Jordan Lechkov. So you mentioned earlier players who get into politics after their career. So after Lechkov uh, finished at the World Cup, he became mayor of his town, um, which is called Sliven in Bulgaria for eight years until he was chucked out for corruption. Oh, amazing. Lechkov owned a series of hotels in Bulgaria, but as mayor, the, all, the, all the locals of this, this, this town were up in arms because all of the streets were like massive potholes, like disgrace, except for the roads leading to his hotels, <laughs> which had gardens, sidewalks. Oh, wow. The only roads were street lighting on the way up there. Amazing. Um, and Lechkov would only like basically invest in the infrastructure That's around so his good. hotel. That's amazing. Um, and also he had a- So is he still a hero? Is he like disgraced? I, I think he's a bit disgraced because he's got a notorious reputation for falling out with everybody. Like oh, really? he fell out with every Bulgarian manager there ever was. He fell out with every kind of club manager he ever had. Um, uh, you know they do those shows on Sky Sports where it's like classic players or whatever yeah um, I watched the one on Stoichkov who's obviously a real nightmare yeah so that whole team must have been a nightmare because you've got the Wiggy goalie <laughs> you've got Lechkov yeah. you've got Stoichkov who do you remember so I didn't know this there's another episode on Georgie Hadji both had the same thing they weren't allowed to leave Bulgaria or Romania in the 1980s because yeah, they yeah. were Stoichkov was involved in like a brawl when he played for CSKA or whoever he played for, and he got banned from football for forever, how long? forever. And then he had to get it overturned. So when he was like eighteen, Stoichkov was never allowed to play football again. Oh wow! What? Anyway, yeah, so great uh, pick. Scored I- that great goal against Germany. He did that thing where you don't get any more. Where you get bald footballers now, but they shave it off. They don't have yeah, the. Yeah. They don't embrace it. The kind of Larry David look. <laughs> yeah. Kostadinov, Kiriakov, Diakov, Nick turned by him, and Lechkov going in, and it's another one! Bulgaria are in front, Lechkov, from villain to hero, the man who gave away the penalty, has now struck so decisively at the other end. It was a brilliant header then, Yakov with the cross, and look how Lechkov has sneaked in, in front of Hessler. Um, I'm going to go with a big player, but not for the reason, because obviously we can't talk about Mexico 86. But you'd be mad not to think the most entertaining midfielder ever in the World Cup of the 90s was Diego Armando Maradona. For two reasons. A, well, let's let's go backwards. Let's start with USA 94, where Maradona's come back from yeah. his suspensions for cocaine, etc., etc. Um he scores against Greece and then he runs to the camera. And I was thinking about this morning when he runs at the camera, what that must have been like for the cameraman. <laughs> Who's literally at the other end of that. Do you think he left the camera? Would you move away from the camera when Maradona comes towards He it? definitely would have backed away. Like, He'd have to back away from the camera. I think, it, I think it's too central otherwise. <laughs> it's like Lady and the Tramp with the camera. <laughs> A lovely play there as Redondo tries to go through. There's a show! Glorious goal! He's done it! Maradona! And look at these emotional scenes. There is something extra special about 
I, and I think Maradona's face when he's got that camera what it reminds me of you know that picture where there was that court case recently about um, the monkey that stole on the camera from the wildlife guy and taken a photo of his own face <laughs> Are you aware of this? Yeah. This wildlife photographer left his camera lying around yeah. in wherever he'd gone to photograph his monkey. Monkey took a photo of his own face, and then there's copyright trial as to whether this guy owns the photo because he didn't take it himself, or whether the monkey <laughs> owns the copyright. This? How do I not know about this? Anyway, <laughs> it looks exactly very similar <laughs> to Maradona. But Maradona in 1990, everyone overlooks how big a thing he was at the World Cup in 1990 because Argentina were an awful team. Yeah. That first game, I vividly remember him doing the most amazing ball juggling skills just in the centre circle basically before they were about to thrash Cameroon and then they lost. Yeah. Most bad-tempered team in the world. And then he did this most astonishing thing for the semi-final where it was Italy versus Argentina, but it was in Naples where he played. And he came out and he said to all the Neapolitans, you should be supporting Argentina because for the rest of the year, Italy hates Naples. Naples is not Italy. You've all got to come out and support me, your hero, Argentina, against Italy. That is such an incendiary move. It's brilliant. And what happened? Did they go for it? There's an element of they did and they did, you know, it's like... But he totally turned that game, which Italy blew when Italy were strong favourites. Yeah. Into and yeah, he'd done it in 1986 with the Falklands War. So I think <laughs> no, but he had like he yeah. turned the game into something else. Yeah, although obviously in that one that was obviously so connected with it you can't really overlook it. <laughs> but for those reasons, I think Diego Maradona yeah. in the 90s was insane. But if, if, if I could have a Diego Maradona action figure, I'd get him 94 in that. Yeah, with the earring. The only thing about that is wearing an earring. Yeah, how's that allowed? He's wearing an earring. If you pause it at that final frame just before he turns away before the cameraman, he does look like he's going to headbutt the lens. Yeah, I really love that dark blue Argentina kit as well. Yeah, wearing for that game. really good. Really, really lovely. Save all your kit chat, mate. There's another episode. Yeah. So I have gone for a player from USA 94 as well because England weren't there. I had this weird obsession with the USA team because they seemed more exotic than any yeah. other team because obviously, you know, host nation, they've qualified. You didn't really know anything about the players. And there were two players. One... Alexi Lalas, but he's a defender, yeah. so I can't pick him. The other one was Kobe Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah, Kobe Jones. Who, with his sort of dreadlocks and his kind of, like, relaxed California yeah, surfer yeah, vibe, yeah, like, yeah. he seemed so exotic to me. Yeah. Like, and they had that USA, the away kit that they had, kind of denim look kit. Mm. I had this card of him on it. it wasn't denim look, mate. It was denim. It was... <laughs> But he was someone that I just couldn't believe was a footballer. And I was so yeah. excited to watch them play. And then obviously you watch them in the World Cup and they're fucking awful. Like they're <laughs> so dreadful. So when he signed for Coventry after that World Cup and you get like a proper sense of them in that season. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, these players are like dreadful. Awful. Absolutely dreadful. Awful. Too. I know. But that's the thing. The World Cup does raise an average player to like a level that is way beyond their ability. You yeah. Like Kobe Jones felt exactly yeah. the same way. And then suddenly he's at Coventry. Oh, well, that's his level. I yeah. might be speaking here totally uninformed. I couldn't tell you who your Dan Lechkov played for. For, or whether if he ever played for anyone good did he get a big move off 94 like, I, I don't know I honestly don't remember so those are the options vote uh, on our social media for wingers and central midfielders to end the show Michael brief quiz okay so time for a quick 90s World Cup 
quiz to decide who picks a song that plays out the show. I want you to tell me, to the closest <coughs> decimal point, what was the average goals per game at World Cup Italia 90? Chris, your guess first, please. We, oh God, the maths. It's a low-scoring one. No, it's per game. Per game. Um, 1.2. Higher than that. I reckon it's about 1.8, but I'll go 1. Point, I'll go 1.8. The correct answer is 2.21. Oh, high score World Cup. What's all the complaints about? What's all the complaints about? <laughs> so Josh wins and gets to choose which song plays out the show. Uh, can I have Jean-Michel Jarre's ITV 98 theme tune, please? <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode in just a couple of days, probably. Probably. But there's probably about 14 World Cup games before that, so enjoy them. See you then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.